Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Teach your children well. And as far as mom boss Arielle Biggs is concerned, you're never too young to be taught or to be exposed to entrepreneurship, financial literacy, philanthropy, and problem-solving skills. Arielle is the founder and executive director of Young Biz Kits and YBK Day, a nonprofit that teaches those skills and more to the leaders of tomorrow. By doing so, Arielle believes entrepreneurship is a great way to introduce smart money habits at an early age. How? Well, Arielle helps parents expose their children to business strategy and brand development through effective communication, personal responsibilities, and problem-solving skills. Young Biz Kids works to build self-esteem and strong relationships, making it a great economic, academic, and social resource. Initially focusing on educating, exposing young people, Arielle soon realized mom and dad could also use guidance when it comes to helping their children become business owners. So let's meet and get to know this mentor, child advocate, parent advisor, public speaker, entrepreneur, and mom boss. Ariel, welcome and thanks so much for joining me remotely from St. Louis, Missouri today. Thank you so much for that introduction. I was like, wait, is she talking about me? (laughs) Why did you feel the need to financially educate the younger folk in our lives? When my son was... Seven years old, he had asked me for something out the vending machine, and I had told him no because he's always <laughs> asking for something. But then I turned around and told him if he owned his own machine, all of that money in the machine would go to him <laughs> and not to somebody else. But then he turned around and he was like, I want vending machines. And I'm like, boy, you're too young for vending machines. But then I thought about it and started thinking back to that child that I was I was an entrepreneur as a child and I did not know what that was. So I would braid hair. I was making jewelry. I was selling stuff at school, taking trading and exchanging things with other kids and didn't know that that was the start of my entrepreneurial walk. So then when I started looking at my child, I did not want to be a parent who told my child no to something that Mm -hmm. he was asking Mm -hmm. for and recognizing that that's that entrepreneurial spirit that he has. And I wanted to speak life into that entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit. So it was twofold because for me, I wanted him to learn money management and financial literacy. He just wanted to do something and um, make money. But I was like, you know what, this gives me an opportunity to teach him a skill set, but also teach him how to manage his own money so that I don't always have to give him money. And parents, let me say this to you. When you raise an entrepreneur, and they start having their own money, please don't ask them if they got McDonald's money because they're going to say yes. I used to tell my son all the time when we would ride past McDonald's, he was like, oh, can I have McDonald's? I was like, do you have McDonald's money? And he started to say, yes, I have McDonald's money. So please don't say, do you got McDonald's money to a young entrepreneur? Because the answer Well, I think what's hilarious (laughs) is, you know, if I can speak on your son's behalf from back in the day, the kid basically wanted a bag of chips, right? (laughs) And who knew that this was going to snowball? Yes. Had no idea. And then being able to introduce the 
concept to other parents because we are we were from St. Louis, Missouri, um, a lower income area in so uh, mm-hmm. St. Louis, Missouri. So we didn't have the money to invest into the vending machine business. So we had to come up with a game plan on how he was going to get the money to invest. So he started the lemonade stand and he ran that lemonade stand with his business partner. They both they both were seven years old at the time. Um, they ran the lemonade stand and with running that stand with three times they made $1,200. And then the boys split their money in half. And then Mikey used his money to invest into the vending business. I want to go back to what I was saying initially. He didn't start off like that. He saw a vending machine. He wanted that immediate gratification. I want to have that sweet, for example, that piece of candy. And he didn't have the 50 cents or whatever on him. And so he looked to mom and said, can you give me this money so I can buy myself blah, blah, blah from the vending machine? That's basically what happened, right? Right. That's basically what happened. But I told him no. (laughs) Were you an entrepreneur slash businesswoman by trade? Is that what your job was? Uh, No, I actually worked in the home health care field. So I work with individuals with developmental Mm -hmm. disabilities and I cared for them. And then um, by the time I left the company, I was supervising about 40 homes, teaching other individuals how to work with individuals with developmental disability. But what caused me to leave my job was my son. He started his vending company and it did way better than what we expected. Um, he started off with two machines and quickly grew to 12 machines. And it became a full-time job because we had to keep all of these machines loaded. So I ended up walking away from my full-time career to work <laughs> and, full-time. And your son became son. your boss. <laughs> yes, yes. Where were these vending machines? We had to go purchase them from a company. So um, we purchased the first two. And then we only, when we got new locations, then we would purchase more machines. So we didn't have them stored anywhere. We would go scout out places, look at places, and then purchase the machines to be placed in those areas. The cool thing about vending is you really need to have your location first before you place so that you can buy the right machine that fits oh, interesting. that uh-huh. business. So um, it was most people think vending is top heavy because you have to come in with and already have vending machines. No, it's like you're selling something before you even have it. So funny story, we were at a networking event and my son was, I took him to the networking event. My son was just like talking to this lady and this lady said, whose son is this? And I'm peeking over the banner like, that's my son. Yeah, right. What did he do? And she was like, can you come down here and talk to me? I was like, what did this boy do? So I got down there and she said, is this true? He said he owned vending machines. And I was like, oh yeah, um, he has a vending machine company and we're looking for a place to place. And she said, well, I have a place for him to place it if you guys would like to place. So that's how that all started. He was selling something that he didn't even have, but the confidence that was put in him from running that lemonade stand and us practicing and going over his pitch gave him that confidence and said, if I can do that, I can do this also. So that's where that um, came from. What's your son's name? His name is Mikey. All right. So I would have to assume that Mikey is a breed unto himself, right? That there weren't other Mikeys in your world or in his world when all of this was happening, correct? 
Right. <laughs> and so how old is Mikey now? He's 15 now, and um, he owns 12 vending machines. According to Google, he is the youngest vending machine owner in the United States. So if you Google it, that's him that comes up. And then the other thing is that... Um, I was able to take the blueprint that I used with him and use it with other kids. Mm -hmm. So, Mikey, you started his business. Then he wrote a book about his journey from a struggle that he was having in third grade. He was struggling with reading comprehension and writing. So, Emma, statistics in our town were saying that if you can't read by the third grade, they were building prison systems. Yeah. The prison yeah. were being built. And my son couldn't read. In the third grade. Well, he didn't have good reading comprehension. Mm -hmm. So we made a decision. No, we're going to get on top of this. But as we were working with him, he started to journal about his process. And as he was journaling about his process, he was able to turn his journey into a book. So it started with the lemonade stand. Then he wrote about how he invested in the vending business. And that's what the book is about. And he hit the bestsellers list in two days. And to date, he sold over 15,000 copies. That's why they call me the mom boss, because I help other moms follow the same blueprint that Mikey followed, where they start their business, they write their book, and then they go make impact in their community, allowing other kids to see that if Mikey can do it with the right guidance and mentorship, you can do it also. This was not necessarily part of your world. Your role in all of this, in a way, is a reaction to who he was. You are not going to be doing young biz kids. You didn't have that on your plate. No, I didn't, which is interesting because I didn't realize helping my son birth something within me. So wanting to do something to make my son um, a better person and seeing that entrepreneurial spirit within my son, I like to tell people with the neighborhood we lived in, I wanted to get the right thing in his hand before the wrong thing got in his hand. So I was like, you know what? This is for real for me. And because I was serving my child, other parents started to see that, like, you know what? My child got that same entrepreneurial bug. How can you help me? So I started helping other parents. And it wasn't until I got diagnosed with breast cancer that I was able to sit down and see that I needed to duplicate myself because I can make impact in St. Louis, but I believe that God was calling me to more. And how can I get into all 50 states? How can I get into all of these inner cities? How do I do that? And I'm just one person. Well, as I started working with more kids and training more parents, it allowed me to take everything that I know and give it to them so that they can run the same thing that I run in St. Louis in their cities. But back in the day, you were not a businesswoman by trade, no, were you? No, I wasn't. By trade, no, not at all. Um, I took classes. I did everything that I needed to do. And I thought that I was doing it to help my son. But now when I look back... I needed to do that for myself. And I think helping my son brought out the God-given gift that God had given me, but I wouldn't have done it for myself. I think what pushed me to continue to go, because I didn't want to give up on my son, I didn't want to let him know that 
he couldn't do something. I Because I told him, like, you can do all things through Christ who give you strength. And then telling him that I needed him to believe that. So mm-hmm. for him to believe that, I needed to do what I needed to do to support him in the things that he said he wanted to do. I say this, Ariel, all the time to my guests because it's true. This incredible sense of self that the women have. Maybe they did have a mentor, maybe they didn't, but they were going to do what it was that they needed to do. Sometimes it was like climbing Mount Everest, but there's that drive or that focus and it clearly pays off. Yeah, I was afraid and and I'm actually still afraid today. But what I've learned that you cannot um, really have courage if that fear is not there, because if the fear is absence, how do you know that it's courage? So being able to say, okay, I'm afraid of this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to move forward anyway. And I'm going to reach out for any support that I can get. And I like to tell other parents, it's like us when we have our first baby and we bring them home from the hospital. We have no idea what we're about to do with this baby, but we know that we want the best for them. And because we know that we reach out for support and help wherever we can get it. And it was the same for me with business. I was birthing something and actually I was birthing twins because I was birthing young biz kids and I was also helping Mikey to birth his business also. And they look, young biz kids and Mikey's business look so similar that people thought Mikey was young biz kids. And I would say, no, young biz kids was a nonprofit created so that I can support other young entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. without taking money out of our household and you using all of our household resources to take care of the community. So it was created so that it can be a community organization to serve the community. Was it a tough road to hoe when you were first starting out? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I didn't know, you know, like you're traveling and navigating this space of entrepreneurship And what you see online, business look pretty. Well, business is not pretty. And it's a lot of no's and it's a lot of doors that you have to knock on before you um, get to the right one. And somebody saying, yes, I'm willing to help you through this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is Mikey an only child? No, I have a seven-year-old daughter. She runs business also. We gave her her first business when she was three years old. <laughs> but um, she at Mikey has full-size vending machines. She has candy machines, the ones that you put the quarters in and you twist the little gumball machine. She has. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. So if we, we use it as like a penny bank almost. It's like a forced savings account because she really doesn't need anything. So when we do go and take her money out the machine, we take it right to the bank and allow her to see that her money can earn interest and make money for her. So it's the financial literacy piece that entrepreneurship allows us to um, teach our children. Did you get involved in Mikey's school when this was getting started? I mean, did you bring what you had learned and his skill set? Did you expand that to include the teachers and the elementary school? Or this was strictly a very, very personal adventure? It started off as a very personal adventure. When the school stepped in, it was his teacher, it was his third grade teacher who recognized he wasn't comprehending and she stepped in and she was um, instrumental on the writing of the book. So that's when she stepped into the business. But no, we didn't take it into the schools because this is a really unique and touchy subject when you talk about kids and being entrepreneurs, because most 
adults don't believe that kids can run business or they even have the mindset to run a business. So I did a lot of educating the community on no, they can do it with the right supports. And just like any other CEO, the CEO isn't expected to run the whole business. They have a marketing team. They have a COO. They have a CFO. So in looking at that, what supports do we need to put around him for him to do the thing that he says that he wants to do and still get training and mentor through it. So that's what I ended up explaining. No, these kids can do it. And mom, you play a role. Dad, you play a role. Auntie, grandma, everybody plays a role in the support of this child. And how do you do that? How do you incorporate the other children and expose the other children to what you've created. How has this grown from this seven-year-old who wanted a bag of chips into this business venture? We do speak at schools. We do do um, events within the community. We show up, we speak. We really promote parent engagement through entrepreneurship. So if a parent is saying they're having uh, relationship issues with their child and we tell them entrepreneurship could be a way because now you have to listen to what the child is saying and now you have to work together to accomplish the goal that you said in front of you. So whether it is a social entrepreneurial venture where you just want to do something good in your community, or if it's a business opportunity where you want to run a business once or twice, or just getting their foot wet in business, that's where I start um, with it. So schools are good, but I like to get the parents involved. And just unfortunately, sometimes when you go straight to the schools, the kids are excited, but then when they go home, the parents have no idea yeah, what the kids yeah. are talking about. So I host workshops where I have the parent involved and the kid in a different workshop, but they learn the same thing. And it all starts with personal finances because we can learn how to run business and we can learn how to make money. But the thing is, what are you going to do with the money that you make? Right. So we have to have a financial plan first. So as you're making this money or is, or is your goal to get out of poverty or is your goal to get out of debt or is your goal just to buy your own school supplies, like knowing what those smart goals are and then how to maneuver and work through it and using the money to take care of that. Because some of the kids' goals is to put in their 529 account, you know, to their college savings fund. But then some of the good kids' goal is to buy me a pair of shoes because my family is six kids and my mom don't have the money to buy me whatever. So I have to buy my own personal hygiene products. Yeah, but you have to have the money to do that if you're not getting that financial support from home where it's just, sure, I'll give you $5 to buy this and such. I'm curious, is there a lot of versatility in your clientele? Is it largely inner city? Is it not? Are you nationwide? How are you getting the word out? <laughs> so for my particular clientele, it is moms of young entrepreneurs because it's young entrepreneurs all over the United States and they already have to be in business because I show them how to create a business model, which is the business, the book, and then going to make impact in the communities where they're paid by corporate sponsors or um, they get sponsorship to do what it is that they're doing. But mainly their moms, their army moms, moms, their homeschool moms. They're just a wide variety of moms that I work with. How did you get the word out, Ariel, when you were first starting? 
Well, they thought that I was weird. They they was like, what is she doing? What kids doing what? So well, they did I, think that, that I was weird. Well, I thought her mind, too. So I'll, I'll drink to the fact that I thought you were weird. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they thought it was weird until they really started seeing the impact that was being made and realizing that it wasn't only about the money that was being made, but what these kids are doing with the money that they're making and the impact that they're making on the communities. And then the, the running thing that I kept hearing was, we didn't have this when I was young. I wonder where I would be if we had something that taught us about financial literacy. I had parents that come up to me crying. They filed bankruptcy. They didn't know how to make a budget and their kids are having conversations with them about finances that they didn't even know what half of the stuff that they were talking about meant. And it was very basic Mm -hmm. level. So just it being able to explain that and how I get the word out, I think mainly um, is social media. We're just posting the pictures and testimonials of what parents are saying, what children are saying, and why this is so important. Because the generation that's Gen Z and Generation Alpha, they have a different mindset when it comes to entrepreneurship. When I was coming up, it was graduate from college and go get a job and go get a good paying job and stay on there for 30 years. That's what it was when I was coming up. But for my son, that's not the reality anymore. The reality of it is I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to do this and I'm going to make all of this money. That was not our reality. But right now that is their reality. So for me, I like to tell a lot of parents, your child has a personal brand, whether you believe it or not. So whether when they're in the classroom, the teacher, somebody walks in and said, your kid is always the one jumping around or he's always making so much noise. That's the beginning of building his personal brand. When you can walk in the room and something happens, you say, oh, Johnny did it. I already know that that was John. That's part of his personal brand. So what if we can start teaching kids personal branding from a different point of view to where we're telling them this is a business that you're making and this is the brand that you're going to present. What do you want that brand to look like? So you're going to watch what choices you make because you want to put your best foot forward, right? Instead of just telling them you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't be doing this. So it's a different way to look at personal branding because all the kids have one. Did you think that this was a natural act for Mikey? How much of a role did you play in terms of encouraging him or setting him on that path that he might not have otherwise at all considered? I play a big part in it because I would not allow him to quit. He had to finish out the first year of running business because he said that's what he wanted to do. And he thought that he was going to eat all the snacks out the vending machine. That was his thought. But then when he had to start putting in the work of going to the store, making a list, making a checklist, um, going to fill the machines, he started to realize this is more work than what I thought. But when I started to tell him, okay, so you can, is, you're going to either work hard in the beginning and cruise mm-hmm. later on in life, or you're going to cruise now and work harder in life. So you have the choice in front of you, which one mm-hmm, do you choose? Mm-hmm. Did he have a lot of roadblocks in spite of the support that he got? From his mom? Yeah, he had some roadblocks, but I think that is what made him into who he is today and being able to speak and talk from mm-hmm. his experience and not just something that he read in a book. Because at 10 years old, he was in college level courses teaching on entrepreneurship, doing keynote speeches on entrepreneurship to people who were going through college, getting their MBA degrees. So it's just like that boosted his confidence and for him to know that 
I have something. I'm speaking from experience and not just from reading something out of the book. And I think that's what's carried him on to doing this work that he does. But back to the original question of, am I pushing? I keep his environment and and what he's surrounding with. I watch the company that he keeps. I'll say that because this can go either way. So I watch who his circle is and I talk to him a lot. My husband talks to him a lot and he has a village of people that talks to him about different choices and decisions that he makes. If he wanted to stop business today, he could stop business mm-hmm. today. Like if we wouldn't push because I do my own thing, you know, so this is extra for him. If he wants it, if he doesn't want it, we would go with his exit plan and we would let him exit the business. But what he noticed is that he has a natural gift of communication. He speaks better than I do. I learned so much from him. One day we were riding in a car and he was going over his lines and part of a poem that he says, as we are liberated from our fears, our presence automatically liberates others. And tears start rolling down my eye as a parent because Him standing up doing what he was doing gave me permission to stand up and do what I needed to do as a a woman, not as his mom, not as a wife, but as the woman who I was created to be. I have purpose on the inside of me also. And when he gets older and my daughter gets older, I still have to say, you know, what is it that my life stands for? Is it more than I want it to be more than just being a mom? I wanted to make sure that I left an impact and an imprint on this world that was more than just for my kids. You know, I use a phrase all the time also because it has a potency and a meaning, but this certainly plays out with Mikey. The child is the father of the man. And when you look at somebody who started at seven and then he was 10 and now he's 15 and what he's sharing, this is huge. In spite of the guidance that he got from you and your husband, this is a natural act for him. When he goes on TV shows, like he's been featured on major TV networks. And I think what helps people to believe it is to see him in action, to see him and talk, to talk to him, to ask him a question off the top of your head. And the way he responds, you can tell that that's not rehearsed. This is truly Mm. who he is. And this is truly his story because he's speaking from his own experience. And that's why I love to teach personal branding for children, because you don't have to make anything up. Who are they at their core? And then we grow and we build around who they are. And my son is natural at speaking. He's a natural encourager, empowering other people. He likes to help other kids. It's natural for him. So to tell him, okay, you're going to speak at a school and you're going to speak to some fifth grade through kindergarten, he loves it because he can dance, he can play, and he can Mm -hmm. be that kid. That that he is and he doesn't feel out of place. I think if we were putting him in a room full of adults, he might feel out of place and maybe a little intimidating. But the way we structured and the way we placed him, he was able to encourage and help other kids. And I think that's what carries him because he knows he's helping and it's not about him. He's showing other people that you can do this. And again, whatever new venture or new road he starts to go down There's not an intimidation. It's just a flexibility. He has his own company. Yes, he has his own company, um, but he does have a network of other kids that he works with, which is my network. So my 
kids that I work with from all over the United States, he gets to plug in with that network. And I work with some phenomenal kids. Like I have kids, uh, one of my kids, he made like 70,000 blessing bags and have passed them out all over the United States where he's gotten other kids involved with making these blessing bags and passing them out to their local community. I have a young lady that has dyslexia and she runs a business and she has a group called the Sweet Squad where she's leading these girls through how to start their own business. And it doesn't matter what society or labels that are put on you that you can still make a difference within the community. But I have so many kids from all over the United States that had their own challenge that caused them to do something great out of their challenge. So that's why I work with the parents because these kids have these big ideas. But as a parent, where do I get started? Well, I don't even know what to do. How do I manage this child? How do I like you don't know? So that's when I step in because I've been down that road before. I've been doing it for the last seven years. And it's not many parent managers that's going to parent manager coaches that's going to help you coach your child through success by experience. I would have to assume that there have been their share of pitfalls along the way, that everything hasn't been a walk in the park, Ariel. Right. And that still hasn't taken the bloom off the rose for Mikey. Yes, because we look at entrepreneurship as being solution. When you are an entrepreneur, you are solving somebody's problem. So we are solution oriented. So when a challenge come up, what is the solution to that challenge? Mm-hmm. And we look at everything like that. Even when we teach entrepreneurship, we ask the kids, like, have you ever experienced an entrepreneur? They always say no. But then we say, OK, the person that comes to mm-hmm. cut your grass, what are they'll say? That's the line care person. That's an entrepreneur. The person when you go to the barbershop, who are they? Oh, that's the barber. Yes, he's an entrepreneur. The problem that you have is that you needed your haircut. That barber is going to cut your hair. So now they're seeing entrepreneurs that they wasn't seeing before. They didn't realize that that person was an entrepreneur. They just thought that they were a barber. So helping the kids realize, no, entrepreneurship works as long as you're answering the solution to somebody else's problem. So if you can find a solution and you come up with a solution that people are willing to pay you for, you are an entrepreneur, my friend. And it's a difference between being a business owner and an entrepreneur, but we always start out as entrepreneurs and then we grow into the business owner. That's what's so great is that you're starting from a different ground zero than other people are used to. An entrepreneur, that means you come up with this idea and you want to make a shitload of money. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, basically, when Mikey started the lemonade stand, we challenged him. We gave him $25 to get started. And then he had to go take out a loan. And we wanted, and we made up the loan application for him. And he had to approach somebody, which was the pastor at our church. He had to approach him for a loan. And we told our pastor, you have to charge him interest. So he charged him like 5% interest. So instead of giving $20 back, he had to give Mm -hmm. $21 Mm -hmm. back. And Mikey, and Mikey response was so like, he was just like, what? But you just gave me $20. And he was like, yeah, but I need $21 back. So it started his mind of thinking. So when he would communicate to other kids, he would say, you can take out a loan. Because people would ask, how do you get started? money?" he's like, you can take out a loan. But know that if you get a loan, you're going to have to pay more money back than what they gave you. So then it's like, well, why? Because that's yeah, interest. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming the founder and the executive director of Young Biz Kids was a no-brainer for you. 
I'm going to say with the support of the parents, it's been easier than I thought. It still has its challenges, but it's been easier than what I thought because even, so when I'm local to St. Louis, I work with about 50 to 70 kids. Well, when I expanded throughout the United States, I was able to work with parents that were just as strong as I am with their kid within their cities. So it was made, the expansion was easier because they already had the run. They just needed my blueprint on what I was using. And in doing it, it just made it easy and seamless. And then we became family. So we, we look at each other as family. We call each other. We're able to have those conversations when the kid is not acting like they should act. And we get on the phone and we have those conversations, those real life parenting conversations. But you can't talk to your friend whose kid is not in business because they don't understand the business side of what we do. So, for example, your friend might think that the business is something that they don't need to do. So you might say, oh, they're in trouble and say, well, that means they're not running the business. No, they got to run their business because this is a real business. This is not a little play thing. So because they're in trouble or they're on punishment don't mean that the business is not being ran. They still have to run their business. Have there been much in the way of failures? Yes, that has happened. So I teach parents to watch for certain things with their children, watch their um, energy level, watch their enthusiasm, watch their body language when you're asking them or when you're telling them a new opportunity is coming up and then understanding when to say no. So like my son plays sports. So we have to look at his sports schedule and say, you know what, during this time and this time he's not taking speaking engagements because he has his own commitments, but doing April, which is Money Smart Month, he can take on more engagements because it aligns with what his brand alignment is. And also he doesn't have anything else extra going on. So he does the most of his events in April. And then he has his same, like he still lives a normal childhood. Like we don't take anything away. The business is just enhanced his life, but it doesn't overtake his life. You also want to make sure that these kids are not overextended and kind of dancing as fast as they can. I would have to imagine that there have been young kids well-intentioned who all of a sudden said, no, this is not for me. I'm in over my head. Yes, and we've had that with Mikey. So I made the mistake of thinking that Mikey can run this full business by himself. And I'm saying taking inventory, going in the store, shopping by himself and doing all of the things that comes with running the business. He was signing autographs. He was showing up at events. He was signing book. He was packing up the car. I was there, but I wasn't as much help as I could be because I did not want people to think that this was my thing and that, yeah, that I you was were the pushing Mikey mother. do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I stayed back. But in doing that, that hurt my son because he said he was tired. He was overwhelmed. And when we had the conversation, he started going down the list, all of the things that he had to do and he had to do it by himself. And me as a mother, that mom guilt, I felt guilty thinking, well, I don't want other people to think that I'm making you do this. So I didn't do certain things to help and support my child when it really doesn't matter what nobody else thinks. It just matters what we know our truth is. And our truth is, is this is something that he wants to do. And this is something that he needs help with. And I need to assist him in the areas that he need help. Not taking over, not doing too much, but what does that look like for my assistance? Right. So, um, for example, if he has a vendor event, 
I'll set up for the vendor event and the vendor event might start at 12 o'clock and Mikey won't get there until one because he has to have a certain energy level to take pictures with people and to interact with people and engage with people. And I want him at his optimal state. So we'll say he'll be here from one to two and the event might be from one to four. Or we'll say, you know what, he'll be here to three or he'll be here to 3.30 and he's going to leave 30 minutes early. So if you want to see him... You have to get her between this time and letting other parents see that, yes, they are the talent. Yes, they are the face of the business, but they also are children. So sometimes he wants his friends or at certain events, he wants to go play with his friends. So I still manage the table and let people know that this is the balance of having a young entrepreneur. Yes, he's a young entrepreneur, but also he's a kid too. And this is how we find our balance as a family to still give him that freedom to be a and I have to assume that that's one of the focuses of your organization of young biz kids that you kind of leave no stone unturned. And I bet that there are plenty of things that the average parent, well, I never thought of that. To have that kind of focus, that energy, that drive at that age, because there's so many, I want to play sports and I want to do this and I want to, I mean, how he can manage the hours in the day and make it work for him. I mean, in addition to going to school, for heaven's sake. Yes. And vending allows that because you only go to the vending machine every two weeks. So it's not like you go to the store one week and then you go load the machines and then you don't have to go back for two more weeks. And it's just we got it down to like we're in and out of there in 10 minutes. So when we we started, it used to take us 20 minutes in a location. And then we start playing with our numbers saying, you know what, we're going to try to get in uh-huh. and out of here in 10 minutes. So how do we do that? And then so it became a game like, OK, you're going to grab a soda. You're going to take the soda machine. I'm going to take the snack machine and we're going to load this thing up and let's see how fast we can get this done. And then we were out and on to the next. So we made it creative and fun for him to do it. And he always tell people, I make money in my sleep. And they'll say, how do you do that? He's like, because I got vending machines. The machine runs for him even when he's not there working. So when he's at football practice, basketball practice, karate practice, wherever he is, his machines are making money for him. And we have a system in place for that because we get an email to our phone every day. So we know what sold and mm-hmm. what didn't sell. And then when we go down there, we know what to pack up to take so that we can fill up the machine. So the technology makes this very mm-hmm. manageable for a family and for um, a kid. Do you feel that on the personal level in terms of your family and then expand it to the other people that you work with, that most everybody involved has a healthy balance when it comes to doing young biz kids? Yes. I know that they do because we have the conversations. If I feel an overstressed parent or if I start hearing certain language, I have a conversation. Let's take a step back. What does this look like? Mm-hmm. We're taking a break for now and then coming back in second quarter or coming back in third quarter or only doing four events this year. So we look at the financial goal that we set, but then we also look at our children and what they got going on. And to sell the book, you really don't need the kid to sell the book because you can you can um, set a Facebook ad or you can set an Instagram ad and yeah. you can let that ad run. And that works. And it's still marketing. The book is still being marketed. Was that a no-brainer that he was going to write a book? 
I actually didn't even think that he was going to write a book, but he did. It wasn't a no brainer, but that was just something that we did out of with his struggle in reading comprehension and writing. So it was just something that happened. It wasn't what he was learning in the classroom. It was what he was learning in life that helped turn that around for him. Yes, but it also helped it to make sense. When me and the teacher started working together, it helped it to make sense. So now he understands why math is important. He now understands why he needs to learn how to read because he needs to read the contract as a business owner. Now he's having a better understanding of what this is and why the equations are important because now you got... 10 bags of M&Ms that cost a dollar a piece that you're not going one plus one plus one. You can just say, oh, 10 plus a dollar, that's $10. You know, like now it makes sense to him. I wonder how much of that marriage worked because of who his mother is. And so that was part of my story. I didn't realize how powerful I was as a mother. I hid behind, oh, I'm just a mom. And people would ask me questions like, how did you get him to do this? How? And I would just talk about it, but I didn't realize how powerful I had to be. I can't give him something that I didn't have myself. Right. So realizing that, no, everything that he got, I have it too. So I had to start applying the same principle. The business that I started was Young Biz Kids. The, I wrote a book to help parents build personal brand and influence for their children and what to look for. And I gave them actionable steps on what you can do to build your child's personal brand and influence. I even wrote another book called Mom Boss about my journey as becoming a mom boss. That wasn't my intention. My intention was only to teach my child financial literacy, but in teaching my child financial literacy, I met a network of phenomenal women that all had a mindset that they wanted to teach their kid a certain skill set, whether it was customer service, whether it was organizational skills, whether it was time management, whether it was making time for what you think that's impossible. Whatever those things were, we were able to connect together and see how similar our stories were and how we could use it to impact each other's lives. What was your life like before Young Biz Kids? Were you happy professionally? Did you feel that you were in a good place? I'll say that I was happy because I love my job. I left my job for my son. But what I can say, the joy that I feel now is different from happiness. And I feel a joy in my heart, whether I make money today or don't make money. I still have a joy because I feel like I'm doing what I call to do. I wake up every morning excited and from tech and text messages from parents and emails from parents that, oh, my goodness, you helped me to figure this out or to do that, that brings me joy. I love working my other job, but I'm not as fulfilled. Uh, I wasn't as fulfilled as I am now. I was in the field for so long. Right out of college, that's what I started doing. And I just stayed in the field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I learned a lot like with structures and policies and procedures because I had started to write policies and procedures for my job. I started implementing and putting programs in place for my job. So when it came to young biz kids, it was easy for me to put a program together because I understood how to put a program together. I understood how to write an objective for my nonprofit because I wrote objectives for the clients that I work with and I knew what the goal was. So it those skill sets that I learned on the job helped me in my entrepreneurial journey. So what's in Mikey's plans? 
he didn't think he would go to college. Why? He, he didn't um, need to? He thought that he didn't need to. He felt like he would just hire people who went to college to do the work that he needs them to do because he's the visionary. So this Uh is a middle school age kid talking, but he had an experience. So he's a Disney dreamer. I don't know if you heard of the Disney Dreamer Academy, where these children are taken from all over the United States and brought together and they're taking on an experience through Disney and Disney offers them scholarships and just this whole experience to do work with them and show them different areas of Disney that they can work in and they push them to certain colleges. If they go, they get an internship back to um, Disney. So he was a part of that experience. And he, when we were there, he had a camera crew following him a whole the whole time around. Good Morning America was following him around. While and he was, Disney, food, Disney while he World? was in Disney Disney World, yes. They took yeah. our whole family to Disney and okay. we stayed all expense paid. And he had to go through this training series to kind of help him to figure out what he wanted to do in college. And when they asked him about his experience, he said now he's looking at things differently Uh, because now he can see when I go to college, if he decides to be a TV producer, he already has a he's an alumni of Disney's Academy. So he can go there and talk to them and they can help him with picking his college classes and what he needs to do to be on this certain track. Mm -hmm. So it was just an amazing experience for Mikey and us as a family to be able to experience that. But it's called the Disney Dreamers Academy. And the only thing that your kid would have to do if, well, they would have to be 14 years old and in high school, but they just write an essay on why they should have this type of experience. And Disney will, they look at the applications and then out of 10,000 applications, they pick the top 100 application and then they submit, uh, they send you an acceptance letter. And Mikey was one of those top kids. And then I had two other kids that applied to that's within my network that they were able to get accepted too. But we believe it's from all of the entrepreneurial endeavors and their building of their resumes that allow them to be looked at differently. Like this is not that average child. This child is going to take that experience and do something great with it. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I didn't realize that that's what was about to happen. I battled cancer in my 20s, and then, but I didn't have children at that time. And then come to my 30s, I have this kid that's full-blown entrepreneurship. I left my full-time job to work with him nine months into working with him. I get a breast cancer diagnosis. But when I'm going through my battle, Mikey was already prepared for what it was because we spent those nine months together training. And it gave me peace as a mom that if God decided that this was the end for me, I know that he has enough in him that will carry him and that he can pass down to his sister because we had already started training him to train other kids. Do you see your daughter taking on as active a role as Mikey as she gets older? Um, No, I do not. Um, She does do entrepreneurial things. She runs business sometimes two to three times out of the year. 
So she does do some entrepreneurial things, but we don't force it. We kind of just let it happen. And I like to tell people we're entrepreneurial parents. So we look at things a little bit different and I just watch her and then I give her the tools that she needs to be successful. So no, we don't make her be a Mikey or want her to be a Mikey. We want her to be her own individual self, but also implanting those seeds of entrepreneurship within her. Ariel, the family that deals with money together stays together. It's been nothing short of fascinating. What an organization you have birthed along with your husband and Mikey and his sister and how it's just like expanded. It's just so crazy, but good crazy. I I can't imagine that there aren't times (laughs) that you step back and look and say, look at what we did, man, you know, and I think it's all been very inspirational. And you got to own that, Ariel. You really do. You got to be cloned. We need more Ariels in the world. <laughs> that That's the goal. That's the goal. And last year was amazing. We established in seven states, 12 cities, YBK Day. And that was amazing. And I, I did not think that I could do it. But the other parents latched on their arms with me and we established it and we got proclamations from the different mayors in those states and proclaimed it YBK Day. So I'm just grateful. I I know that this is the path and the journey that I'm supposed to be on because of the way that the puzzle pieces are coming together. You keep us in your loop and you let us know whatever's going on in Mikey's life and your life. It's just been a fascinating conversation and hats off to what you've done. You should feel very, very proud. Well, I thank you and I appreciate you for having me on and allowing me to share my story and giving me an opportunity to talk about it and really um, just share with the rest of the world that this is an option for them. This is something they can do. And that's a great way to end. Thank you so much, Ariel Biggs. Thank you. Thank you so much. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.